What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that sounds like a f dog, right? Yeah. Oh, f doesn't sound happy. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I thought it was like a hyena or something. It sounded f weird. I don't know if we got that one. the Strange Familiars podcast. We cover a range of topics from the paranormal to cryptids to the occult to mythology and folklore. Some of our shows will be presented over multiple episodes while others will be one-shot features. We do our best to put out new shows every other week. I'm Anthony Hoskin and I'm Timothy Renner. Please make sure to like and subscribe to us wherever you are listening, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or via any other service. And make sure to share us around on social media. If you could add a review on iTunes, it really helps get the podcast in front of more people. And that's what we're trying to do. Get more ears on us. If you have an idea for any strange stories that you would like us to cover, or if you have experienced anything strange yourself, please contact us by email 
strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. And if you like what we're doing, please consider becoming a patron. That's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. We've got lots of different subscriber levels, rewards like pins and vinyl stickers, t-shirts, and lots of stuff there. But even at just $3 a month, you can get bonus content. We do bonus episodes and just some extra content here and there whenever we can for our patrons. The more patrons we have, the more episodes we can do, both the patron-only episodes and the regular bi-weekly episodes. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash strangefamiliars. Every little bit helps, and again, we sincerely thank the patrons who have already signed up. Welcome to episode seven. You can probably hear in Anthony's voice that he's a little rough tonight. He had some dental work this week. Yeah, some dental work that went awry. Uh, so for the second uh, podcast, uh, uh, my voice is a little messed up. And it's it's not the entire reason why we were late, but that kind of that among other reasons, we just kind of piled on to, to uh, make us a little late this week. Hopefully, we'll get back on that every other week's schedule here. And I apologize. While we're apologizing, I, I want to apologize to any of our listeners who sent in story ideas. A lot of the emails, I try to get to them right away, but it's hard to follow up. We have a lot of projects going on. We want your ideas. We want to follow up on your ideas. Just be patient with us. We'd love to hear about it. Even if you've had a brief encounter, we'd love to hear about it. We'd want to do a few shows a year that are just filled with encounters of our listeners, even if they're real short ones. I think it'd be really neat to do that. So even if you have a really brief encounter, we'd love to hear about it. And again, that's strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. Drop us a line. We definitely want to hear. How about a little word about your new book? It's called Bigfoot in Pennsylvania, A History of Wild Men, Gorillas, and Other Hairy Monsters in the Keystone State. It's available now on Amazon, or you can get it direct from us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com for more information. I can do uh, dedications, signings, uh, even little Bigfoot sketches if you want. I uh, compiled and illustrated the book. The book collects uh, wild man reports. Basically, before 1950 or so, there wasn't even the term Bigfoot. So to find these old reports, you don't look up Bigfoot. You don't look up Sasquatch. What they called them in the 1800s was wild men and went into the early 1900s. Around 1900, people become familiar with the mountain gorilla, either by seeing it in zoos or, or just by seeing pictures of it in the paper and stuff. Right around 1900, the, the reports switch. They stop calling them <laughs> wild men and, and start calling them gorillas. I collected a lot of these stories, a lot of really neat ones about abductions and, and attacks on people and so forth. So that's all in the book. Again, you can find it on Amazon or uh, direct from me. It's Bigfoot in Pennsylvania, A History of Wild Men, Gorillas, and Other Hairy Monsters in the Keystone State. You'll probably hear me around on other podcasts talking about it, and uh, maybe we'll do something more extensive on Strange Familiars in a bit with it. Pick it up. Are we going to go over our appearances? Uh, yeah, our I think we should, because we, I did get contacted by a few people when we went to Butler who were like, hey, I didn't know you were going to be there. I would have come <laughs> out. So uh, 
We are starting to fill our appearance schedule for the summer and fall. Well, the spring, summer, and fall, really. May 20th and 21st, we're going to be at Harrisburg Comic Con. That's in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, at the Harrisburg Mall East, 3501 Paxton Street, Harrisburg. It's in the former Boskov building. I believe that's 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Anthony and I will both be there on Saturday. It might just be me on Sunday. I'm not sure yet. But we'll be selling and signing copies of, of both of the books. We'll have art and photo prints, podcast swag. We'll have T-shirts and stickers and stuff and more. And then May 28th, you'll be at the uh, Lancaster Punk Rock Flea Market in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Correct? That'll yeah. That will be uh, the Lancaster Host Resort, 2300 Lincoln Highway East, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That'll be from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah, that's Saturday and Sunday, but we're only going to be there Sunday. And we're sharing a table with Allison. She's She sells antique photographs, uh, lots of stuff. If you, if you like the Barnum's Cannibals episode, she sells lots of ephemera and stuff <laughs> that, that's kind of related to the old-timey uh, photos and, and circus stuff and sideshows and stuff. We'll also have some records, and I sell some musical instruments that we'll have there. But we'll have the book and, and the art and the uh, podcast stuff there, too. Then June 23rd and 24th, there's the Gettysburg Paracon in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. The 1863 Inn of Gettysburg, 516 Baltimore Street. That will be from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Again, selling uh, and signing copies of the book, art and photo prints, stuff from the podcast, and more. Yeah, come out and say hello. We'd, we'd love to see you. The Paranormal Fests are, are a lot of fun for us. We like like talking to people. And don't have anything else filled in for much of the summer yet. Maybe we'll go to Mothman Fest. We haven't quite decided yet. We wanted to go last year, and we, we yeah. skipped out, but wish we did. There, there's another fest the same weekend. If we don't go to Mothman Fest, we might go to... There's one in Allentown, but we'll, we'll keep everybody informed. But October 14th, it's getting way out there, but that's the Alba Twitch Festival in Columbia, Pennsylvania which I am part of, I've been part of since, well, Stone Breath has played there since the beginning, and last year I spoke at Albatwitz Fest, and Stone Breath played there. This year we'll be playing again and be giving a talk based on the new book, and we'll have, the, the again, the both books and the podcast stuff there as well. Wherever we, we are, look for the, the banner. We have, have a Strange Familiars banner that we put up on the table. It makes it easy to find us. It's lovely. <laughs> Again, Albatwitch Festival is it's really Albatwitch Day. It's one day. It's a Saturday in October, October 14th. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of a family day. We try to base it off of Mothman Festival. So we close down a street. We're going to have other speakers there, including Ron Murphy and Colin Schneider, the crypto kid. I love him, man. I love that guy. He's a good guy. There's going to be two other bands playing, Doomsday 13 and Kill the Dead, a zombie beauty contest, trolley tours to Chickie's Rock, food and art vendors, face painting for kids, apple pie contest. It's a really nice day. It's a, it's, you can bring the family, or if you're interested in, in paranormal stuff, come out. There's speakers on that. A lot of vendors selling paranormal stuff. It's a really cool day. For the first time ever this year, we're showing a movie in the park after the festival at the park in Columbia, which will be Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> they have a big outdoor screen, so they're showing Harry and the Hendersons. And then there's a Halloween party for adults at night. Come on out. That sounds like a blast, man. Hopefully it'll be a, a good time. It's it's always fun. It's it's just a great time. I, I I love being a part of it. Columbia's a neat little town. You were born there. 
<laughs> I'm sure they regret that. <laughs> and uh, we are looking to fill in other dates, so we'll, we'll keep everybody posted. We won't do a big, long talk like this every time, but we'll just remind yeah, people yep. here and there. to episode seven which is about seven valleys nice (laughs) (laughs) seven valleys is a little town in york county pennsylvania and we really could have made this a part of the first cycle of episodes which would have made it even longer though yeah because uh the cadores creek also flows through seven valleys and we mentioned the cadores creek all through the first three episodes exactly and this is just another place where strange things happen that the Cadoris runs through as well so can we blame it on the Cadoris? we don't know sure we can (laughs) uh seven valleys was sort of founded when german and swiss german immigrants settled there in the early 1700s they named it das siebenthal which would be german i believe for seven valleys i'm glad you had to do that part (laughs) i should have had serata do it she's so good at, at, at the the other languages yes she is Every time I throw something at her with like German or, or some other language, she's like, and I'm, I always say, if you don't want to do the German part, that's fine. And she's like, every time, no, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Serata. Yeah, she's awesome with that. And it remained uh, mainly German speaking through the 1800s until the railroad came through, which of course brings the outside world. Again, another thing that we go back to, another one of these drums we beat over and over again is iron. Iron brings the strange things. <laughs> uh, there was a big industry for iron mining in Seven Valleys, a, a park we'd like to go to, Rob Park. It's yep. just filled with iron mines there. Well, old and, iron and mines. And hematite, or is, is that how it's... Hematite, hematite, hematite. I, I think that's a tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with hematite. Yeah, they would run, mine iron and hematite there. Now it's a, it's a really cool little park, and they've closed off a lot of the mines. They fenced them off for uh, bats. Yes, we saw that. I, I I got some wonderful photos of that and some videos of the. They have the the bat fence down there. That is cool. That the the county gave that to the people. There's a cave that has this cool iron these iron bars across. That has a little bat. What would you call it? A, a, a silhouette a badge or a silhouette? Yeah. yeah, at the top of it. I thought that was really cool. I believe it said there's there's four different species of bats four. that that uh, winter there. Yeah. So, yep. yep. Four different species of bats. Uh, it's just a neat little park. It was, at one time, after it was an iron mine, it was a garbage dump. <laughs> so we'll get to that a little bit later. That'll come up again. An interesting thing that I found mention of was that the church services were continued in German even longer after most of the population spoke German there. A lot of the people said, that God couldn't hear scripture or prayers in English, that, that it was a, German was the, the proper language to deliver the scripture in. That is interesting. Which is also works into powwow doctors, because many of the local powwow doctors insisted that their charms and spells in the powwow books only worked in German. If you used an English translation, it wouldn't work. Speaking of, with the Germans came their folk magic, and there's a, a long list of, of powwow doctors, witches, and sorcerers, as they called them. 
And I don't know how they differentiated one from another, or if they Was did. it just a preference, like a personal preference, like I prefer to be a, a sorcerer, or I'm a witch? Or... Yeah, I don't know. Or if someone didn't like you, you're a witch. If they liked you, you're a powwow doctor. Yeah, we discussed this uh, kind of briefly with the Raymire situation. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think he's a great example of it. I mean, so many people call him a, a witch. A witch, yeah. And but he, he would a, have been a powwow doctor. He was a powwow doctor, yeah. So, but there's a lot of them. There's a whole a long list of them. Uh, and when we do the powwow episode, maybe we'll get into specific names who lived in or in or right around Seven Valleys. They've been given in in various histories of the area, but one of these was named James Ruby. Old Man Ruby. In 1782, a baby was born in Windsor Township, York County, Pennsylvania. His name was James Ruby. He would live for 77 years, but James Ruby was seen in the York County Hills for a century more after he died. James Ruby married a woman named Elizabeth and lived with her for a time in Carroll County, Maryland, before moving back to York County and settling on a farm in Seven Valleys. They had eight children. Their eldest son, John, moved to Ohio, where he was murdered by his eldest son. But it is not John Ruby's story we are telling today. James Ruby was known as a man who could, as the local sayings go, do more than eat butter bread, which is to say he was possessed of strange powers. He was perhaps a powwow doctor or brocher. Though he was never named as such, the feats he performed were those which brochers were also called upon to achieve. James Ruby could stop the flow of blood. He did so by laying hands on the sick or injured and reciting aloud scripture from the book of Ezekiel. And when I passed by thee, and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, When thou wast in thy blood, live. It was debated by many if these powers were bestowed upon James by God or Satan, but it seems in almost every case he used his gift to the benefit of his family and neighbors. Only one time was James known to have used his gift for ill. He was urged by a vengeful man, to stop the flow of blood from another man's slaughtered steer. James did so, and the meat became spoiled. Let's not let spoiled meat be James Ruby's legacy, however. He was called upon by his neighbors again and again, and answered their pleas to help the victims of various accidents. When called upon, he rode his white mare to wherever he was needed, stopping the blood and healing the injured. It is said James Ruby practiced his strange art until his death in 1859. His white horse died the same day as James. Death, it seems, was not the end for James Ruby, nor his white mare. His tombstone stands today in Ziegler's Church Cemetery in Seven Valleys, but James Ruby was not at rest. For almost a hundred years, James Ruby's ghost and that of his white horse could be seen traveling between his farm and that same graveyard each evening at dusk. Many who saw the apparition said that the spectral rider 
had no head, but those who knew James Ruby in life said he rode his horse with his chin tucked low and his collar pulled high, so he appeared as a headless rider. In 1862, Mrs. Jacob Depfer lay on her deathbed. A nurse who was attending her looked out the window and saw a headless man riding a white horse. She mentioned this to Mrs. Depfer, who replied, Oh, that's old man Ruby. He rides there every evening. Susan Hoff lived on her parents' farm near Ziegler's Church on Panther Hill. One day she was picking blueberries in the woods, quite near to the place where some years before, General Jeb Stewart's cavalrymen lay drunk on whiskey stolen from Susan's father, when she looked up to see a headless man upon a white horse. Dropping her basket of berries, Susan ran home screaming, Mom, ich hab de Erdmann Ruby gesehen. Mom, I just saw old man Ruby. Susan Hoff died at the age of 96 and swore to her last days that she saw old man Ruby on his phantom right horse. Old James Ruby was seen by generations of people in Seven Valleys, riding his white horse to the cemetery where his body was interred. His wandering ghost was seen until the 1950s when the sighting seemed to stop, leaving us to wonder if old man Ruby found whatever he was looking for each night on his ghostly ramble, or if indeed we will see him again. Perhaps the oldest story we heard from Seven Valleys, the oldest ghost story, was that of Old Man Ruby. We found other references to spook lights and such, dating back almost as long as that story, but that was kind of the earliest definitive story we yeah, came presu- across. Presumably they were happening around the same time. You but, would think. Yeah, but we couldn't get, you know, it's finding references to them. Is, when we talk about spook lights, it seems to be different than UFOs, and that's sort of a local term. They call them spook lights. These are but all, they vary, though. They vary in different yeah, forms. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like from fireballs, you know, falling from the sky. People told us about green lights that they'd see in the sky that would shoot down into the fields. Yeah, you hear about the green lights so often in that area. A lot of people, yeah. And yeah, that we talked to several people, separate people, who would tell us about them. And then... Uh, People who have lived there for a long time are very matter-of-fact about them. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that happens here. It's almost bizarre to, to encounter that sort of thing. Just like, oh, yeah, that it's a normal occurrence. And uh, it, probably related, but uh, we're not sure, is the, the glowing fields, which, again, I saw glowing fields, not in Seven Valleys, but not far away either, coming out of Raymar's Hollow. I talked about it in episode one. And in the book, I believe. Yeah, yep. sure. Yeah. Yep. And... Um, a very nice woman who lives in Seven Valleys has called me. She's kind of this collector of local weird stories and, and sort of a local historian. Very nice woman. And she'll call me every now and then and just tell me neat, strange stories. You know, and she'll uh, she'll go over ghost stories and, and this and that. And she's told me several about Seven Valleys. She lives right in Seven Valleys. And she's told me a lot of the stories that we'll talk about here. And she's documented them from, from different sources. Some of them are, are people she knows specifically, and some of them mm-hmm. are articles she's collected from different newspapers over the years and so forth. But she told me a story about her father who came upon these 
glowing golden fields one night in 1982, September of 1982. And the the following day was what was interesting to me about this, and and you can you can describe that. Yeah, the following day, black unmarked military style helicopters, presumably military, but she said they were unmarked, were flying around and. I think she she asked her neighbor, and her neighbor said, "Yeah, they landed in that field," because I I believe her neighbor was with her father when they saw him. So uh, something was going on there. And as these things go, there was a Bigfoot sighting. Yes, nineteen eighty two September, same time as the lights. Hmm. And this was also when I was born, September of 82, so it may have been me coming into this world. There you go. (laughs) Instead of a stork? (laughs) I was brought by a Bigfoot or a UFO. A Bigfoot. Very possible. On Green Valley Road, which is in Seven Valleys, across from what is now Rob Park, which we were talking about with the iron mines and the bat caves, but it was then a garbage dump. Actually, I think it had closed down. It was it was a garbage dump in the seventies. By this time, it closed down, but it was it was a garbage dump. A husband and a wife were returning from a shopping trip in York, and they saw a ten foot tall bipedal creature cross the road in front of their car, covered in light brown hair. Ten feet tall. My daddy was big. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, we have strange lights around the time of a Bigfoot sighting. Hmm. But they're not related, I'm sure. Yeah, again and again, but they're not related. Yeah, you can't can't say they're related, except I'm kind of <laughs> saying they're related, at least in Pennsylvania. I mean, they certainly happen in the same place at the same time. That's... Often they have, in the past, What? how many years has it been where uh, we had the incidents in the 70s, was it, with the oh, yeah. Peach Bottom and the, and the UFOs? And, but we'll talk about that more at some other point. Yeah, it's... It, and not just in our area. I mean, Stan Gordon's oh, yeah, documented yeah. tons yeah. of them out, out his way. Yeah. But yeah. let's go other Bigfoot sightings in Seven Valleys. Yes, you know I love talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Bigfoot. Tracks were found by hunters, which, when followed, went to the middle of a field and stopped. Now, we've heard this before, too. Some would say they backtracked. I would say that that's not the case, but um, that's just my theory. Uh, I would say I have to agree with you because I just, that's how you mess up a track. You backtrack in it. I can't I can't see a Bigfoot walking to the middle of a field and then tiptoeing out. <laughs> so I don't want to mess up my tracks. I do want to see a cartoon of that. All right. <laughs> in the 1970s, a chicken house was raided. I believe a creature was seen. This was a word of mouth story that was related to me. I believe they were neighbors of, of Allison's that had had told her parents and you know kind of came came to me th- through that and they said they had seen a creature and it was it had raided a chicken house which isn't uncommon either you get a lot of chicken house raiding with these creatures a lot of times they'll leave the heads uh. and, and take the bodies and stuff and another one raccoon hunters were out hunting at night they didn't see a creature but coon hounds are mean coon hounds are, are you know they're pretty tough raccoons aren't easy prey so coon hounds aren't wimps. Yeah, know? for sure. So, so these hounds came running back at speed to them, uh, refused to hunt anymore. And then the hunters heard these like horrifying loud screams. They turned their headlamps on and the scream stopped. So they never saw a creature. But it, again, we had these screams, the dogs refusing to hunt, this, this kind of thing. It certainly fits the profile, the other Bigfoot cases. Indeed. 
And then we have other Seven Valley Strangeness. So this, this is going back to the Cadors again. Our friend Becky told a story of a ghost of a slave woman uh, people would see standing right beside the Cadors. Yeah, was, I mean, right there. Like, they would see this, this uh, slave woman. She knows people who've seen it. You know, she's the one who told me about it. I don't think that's been any of the ghost story books. She didn't have a whole lot of details other than people would see this this slave woman, you know, I think dressed in, in sort of period clothes, sitting right next to the Cadors. And it was another kind of matter-of-fact thing, right? Like, it's like the people down there, yeah, we, we, we oh, saw. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Seven Valley, so mad props, as you could say, or used to say to those people. They, they keep their stuff, uh, they're fine with it. It's yeah, just like, come it's, come on in. It's, it's just, you know. This, Seven Valley's welcomes you. This is the weirdness. <laughs> yeah. This is where we live. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lynn told me another story, which I, this is, I think, maybe the creepiest story of I, all. It, it's strange. It's, there's no creatures. This is no no spooky lights. But she said a farmer, a pig farmer there, said one day all of his pigs stood up on their hind legs at once and started to squeal in unison. I can only imagine how, how terrible that I, would have been. I've never seen a pig stand on their hind legs. I, I assume it's possible. I don't know. But it would be horrifying, right? I yeah, it like, would. This a whole barnyard of a, a a pig squealing at once, and so loud. I mean, we have there's a there's a hog farm nearby where I go hawking with my dog, and they're usually squealing, but not standing on their hind legs, and they're not squealing all at once. And it is loud, and it's slightly disturbing. So, to, so to think of all the pigs squealing at once while standing on their hind legs is simply uh, just disturbing. Yeah, that would be quite a, a uh, horrifying thing to see so as we're wont to do we went the seven valleys yes and we did some recording last week we're just standing out here we're about to get snatched up yeah that sounds like a f- dog right Yeah. 
Jesus Christ. I got mace in one hand and a knife in another. Let's chill here for a minute. Maybe put that on my window, but I can't hear that. Yeah. Jesus Christ, I thought it was like a hyena or something. It sounded f***ing weird. I don't know if we got that one. Whimpering somewhere close. Dude, I'm not being paranoid. I'm positive that was coming at us. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it sounded like to me too. So I'm not sure how much of that audio is salvageable. What just happened there? <laughs> we stepped out of the jeep on a hill. It's Panther Hill, actually. We're having a quick discussion about how it is probably so named because someone at, at one point saw a panther here. I'm, I'm sure things are named. <laughs> For a reason. Yeah. And we heard what sounded like um, uh, I I was thinking of a th- like a badger coming like wheezing towards us. It's raspy kind of yeah. panting, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it seemed like it was headed right for us. It was it was. We were standing before a kind of a, kind of a wide open field. There's some houses in the distance, and there's some, a tree line to the left. So it was coming straight through the field. We're still looking out because we're right by the field, so we should be able to see whatever it is. But it sounded like it was. I imagined a, an animal kind of lumbering towards us. Yeah, that's uh, that's was the impression I got. It was enough to send both of us into the jeep <laughs> yeah, well f- at first I, I i quickly i don't think i pulled out my knife that quick ever and then i, I pulled out pepper spray just in case we needed it i was about to ask if he heard that when when i saw him <laughs> he pull his knife out yep i pulled it out quickly so now we're sitting uh with the the window down trying to get some more audio here waiting for something to jump in and maul my face it's a dog in I'm fairly certain that was a, um, it was either threatened or it was trying to threaten us, but we're probably both because now it's completely silent, but it was very much noticeable. Yeah. And the fact that I mean, we didn't have a discussion about it, we both <laughs> kind of went into uh, reaction mode. <laughs> that was weird, man. I didn't get the, the idea it was big. No, it didn't seem particularly big. I don't know. But it didn't sound pleasant either. No, and it was... We couldn't see it, so... Maybe like old man Ruby's ghost horse. <laughs> there he is, a ghost coyote or something. Oh, coyote, I didn't even think about that. It was a raspy... It sounded like it was kind of jogging at a, a you know, mid-pace. Yeah. <laughs> we got out of there quick. About midnight, we came back to Panther Hill, where we were run off by the ghost coyote, <laughs> or whatever it was. That was very strange. It, uh, I, I almost completely expected it to happen again, because if it was uh, threatened the first time, it's certainly going to be threatened again. But we're prepared this time. Maybe. There have been... UFO sightings on this hill 
reported on this hill or above this hill. I think people were, were in this location. So Seven Valleys is definitely an odd place. Plenty of uh, rolling open field, I suppose. Uh, just then, and it's, they're all skirted by houses, you know. Um, it's not like uh, it's, there's completely nothing. There's houses I get to see all these fields. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, it's, it's, it's farmland. It's, it's not incredibly remote. It's rolling fields. There's something right over here. You can see its eyes pop up um, and glow. It's about uh, 20 yards. No, not even 20 yards. Um, it's small though. It's nothing big. Keep seeing it's like something glowing, and then I realize it's a head turn. stars up through that tree look amazing. I know, this is a beautiful night. We're just waiting for some lights. I talked about it in, I guess, episode one, but I did see the fields lit up mm-hmm. coming out, out of Ray Myers Hollow one night. You were driving. I would like to see the green glow. That was more of a bluish-white kind of glow. Like I said, it almost looked like a stadium. You know, it's like... But there was nothing there. Nothing that I could see. And as I stated, the the fellow that was with me was blind to it, in a sense. (laughs) I'm not sure if literally, but... He certainly didn't seem terribly impressed. Man, this is an absolutely beautiful spot to be at this time. It really is. You have a slight glow going off over there. You have this tree line. Something's moving through the grass over here. First time's got me all paranoid. Yeah, it was... what we heard when we stopped here first was was strange. That was, I mean, I don't know that it wasn't anything that was perfectly natural, but yeah, it, yeah. it seemed like it was coming right for us, and and we both had the same impression <laughs> without. Uh, you bailed, yeah. I, I, um, and I still remember distinctly what it was like, um, and uh, I'm almost ho- almost hoping it happens again, just because. It was unique, and uh, I definitely wouldn't have thought of what, you know, I wasn't expecting it to happen. Sure. Actually, never mind, I don't want it to happen again. (laughs) It was cool, but I can just deal with it in my head. The replay. So where about are we um, in relation to the story of old man Rudy and his, his white horse? Well, they they said that he was uh, riding on Seacoast Church Road, so we're we're just right oh, off of that. Uh, so, and the cemetery is right right around the corner from us here. I guess uh, what you ride in life, you shall ride in death. And they died the same day. Yeah, he and his he, horse. He and his horse. That's uh, again going back to episode one when we were talking to Matt, and he was talking about like 
the ghost horse or whatever he encountered in Hex Hollow. That's what I was referencing when I said it wouldn't be the only ghost horse in I Arcana. actually didn't even think about that. So we stopped. Uh, was that the first stop we made? I think it was. <laughs> yeah, the very first stop we made. On we Panther got Hill. Yeah, Panther. Was it Panther Hill Road? It's Panther Hill Road, but I mean, we were on top of Panther yeah, Hill. Yeah, we were on top of. Uh, just, we just got out, and right away, I mean, almost right away, we had positioned ourselves to start talking beneath the beautiful starry sky. We had just started looking around, and. We, we couldn't have been out for more than five minutes at the most yeah right? it well i think it was a lot sooner than was than it five even sooner than that yeah i mean we just had positioned ourselves we had gotten out of the car walked to where we were going to stand started to get comfortable with where we were standing and then uh we were we were caught by surprise by something which which you can hear on the tape and we describe it it was you know when we're there it's kind of this raspy breathing we didn't see anything and it sounded like it was relatively close um, you know i don't know why i said this but or why i thought this but and still what i think of when i think about the sound that i heard to me i thought like oh man a badger is coming to get us or something <laughs> yeah. it you sounded said, i think you said on the on the onsite you said hyena once and badger oh, yeah. badger at once it just sounded like something trotting and i it sounded to me like it was going left right left right like you could hear it alternating and it was it was not uh like it was you know, racing at us, but it was definitely coming at us, you know, not walking. Right. Yeah. It and, sounded like it, to me, that's exactly what it sounded like. It was sort of trotting. Yeah. It was the, trotting. Yeah. And, and I could hear his breathing and, and it sounded like I could hear it going left, right, left, right. Like I could hear its body movement. And we paused for a second, I think. And we both thought, I don't know what we thought, well, but well, then we thought we better get that. Yeah. You could, you could hear it <laughs> on, on the, on the tape that we played before. I took the section of tape. I say tape. It's a digital recording. I I took the digital file. We're old, and he's older <laughs> than I am. So <laughs> I, I took this this that section, and you can't hear it when the the part that's already that we already played. You can't hear, it. but I increased the volume, and I'm going to play it three times. If you listen really closely, and you have to probably have headphones on, I'll play it three times in a row. You can hear a panting sound, and I'll go ahead and play that now. there's a lot of noise in that clip you can hear the the jeep pinging in the background that's the just we've been driving around for a while it's the, i guess the metal cooling so that's the the pinging sound you hear it's the, it's the metal cooling or whatever that sound is i then put noise reduction on it just to try to get some of the, the hiss out because i'd increase the volume so much so i'm going to play it again three more times this is the version with noise reduction and Oddly, on this one, I, I believe you can hear the panting a little bit more, but it sounds like more than one. Uh, now, I don't know if that's just a a, a a relic of the noise reduction or what, but it to me, it sounds like more than one creature breathing. 
So I'll go ahead and play that again. We'll play that three times in a row because it's short and you can hear it. So as I'm listening to this, and as we're we're talking about this this sort of panting that we couldn't see, I mentioned coyote at the time. Like may, maybe I yeah, thought, you did. You know, yeah, this which would make more sense than my badger, being that we don't <laughs> have badgers as as far as I know here in Pennsylvania. There, we have something like them. What are they called? I've seen one. They look like big skunks without stripes on them. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I I've never seen anything. Yeah, like I saw that. one uh, one time. I will not remember the name. Someone will probably tell us. <laughs> but um, I started thinking about this, and, and I was I was thinking about the stories. I was going over my notes of, of stuff Lynn had told me. There are two stories that vaguely relate to this. I'm not sure if they do directly relate, but it made me think of, of what we experienced there. The first had to do with dogs, a woman waking up to see dogs in her bedroom, she said. And, she, and Lynn kept telling me this for, for a long time. She kept telling her, I, I wake up at night and there's dogs in my bedroom. There's there's dogs in my bedroom. Which, she was telling Lynn this? Yeah, she told okay. Lynn this. Which, if you're waking up and there you don't have dogs and there's dogs in your bedroom, that's, <laughs> that's odd enough. But later she told me they were watching some movie with Egyptian stuff. I think it was The Mummy or, or one of the Mummy sequels. I've seen them before, but we're a long time ago. You know? Yeah. But there was some kind of Anubis type creature, like the the Egyptian god with the jackal head, uh-huh. in the movie. And her her neighbor said, "That's what I'm seeing. That's that's what's in my room when I wake up at night," which is creepy. Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't the Rock from the Mummy. Uh, uh, I believe he was in the Mummy. That would have been a lot more pleasant for her, probably. Yeah, but yeah. no, nope. It was some creepy ass dog, so, some dog headed man, which. Yeah. which Again, it, you know, calls to mind dog man, and and there are all weird stories that people have told. I've heard on other you know podcasts and stuff where dog man witnesses will talk about waking up and having these creatures in their house. Which no, <laughs> no, please no, no. That I like Bigfoot. He stays on the outside of the house and, and taps on the window very politely. Yeah, does it come breathing down your neck while you're exactly. trying to sleep? Yes, no, no, stay out. <laughs> just made me think you know because we're hearing this odd panting sound it made me think Coming of like, at like us. something like dog like but the other the, the other story they told Lynn it was the same woman and she said she was sitting on her porch i think Lynn was with her this day i I'd, I'd, I'd have to look at my notes again they heard something coming through the fields at them that was panning that and they described it as very big though our impression of what we heard was, was that it was not not very it, big it, it wasn't tiny it didn't sound huge let's yeah, put it that way yeah. it didn't you know it didn't sound people talk about sasquatch coming through the woods and it sounds like a bulldozer or something it, it didn't yeah, sound, we're not claiming that no like i said badger size <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it didn't sound it didn't sound massive but then again maybe it was a maybe it's a shallow breather a, a, a giant shallow breather who knows anyway they were, they were sitting on their porch and they said they they heard something coming through the fields towards them and I believe through the, there was a line of trees so they couldn't see but they were expecting it to just come through they said it you know sounded like a freight train or something just huge running through 
and they heard it coming and coming and coming and it never it never arrived which is kind of like what we experienced again not something huge but we jumped in the car because we, we <laughs> fortunately didn't. as far as we know it never it never arrived right i mean we you know we, we hopped in the jeep we didn't see anything you know nothing came and jumped on the jeep nothing came up to the window yeah i was looking out i was on that side and i was i had my window slightly down because i wanted to see if i could hear and i was slightly terrified i believe i say on the on on the recording i was terrified something was going to come up and jump in the in the open window <laughs> right yeah uh, well fortunately it did not and i still have all of my face so, so far yeah <laughs> well other than you know, the teeth they had to take yeah no so you know again maybe something similar to what she was talking it just made me think of, of what we experienced yeah sure so uh Something ran at her, something else ran at us, and they never appeared. And thank you, Seven Valleys, for your strangeness. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Hollow Arts, LLC. Music, art, Podcast, books, and more. DarkHollerArts.com Intro and background music by Stonebreath, which is our band. You can find more at StonebreathBandcamp.com. And as usual, our reader this episode was Serata. Thank you, Serata. And thank you all for listening.
lost parents in the night Those shall hear it fly away Upon our piles and away the coming fire mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.